Michelle, what's on your mind today? What, what's, what's in the forefront of, of your massive brain? You're so funny, my massive brain. Well, it's funny you should mention how we started working together seven years ago because it was the beginning of Senator Bill Cassidy, Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy's uh, running for senator. And you at the time had a different candidate picked out. We were both Republicans, you and I. But I, I had just come off of the Mitt Romney campaign, and you were a Tea Party guy. You actually founded the Tea Party, and we didn't agree. You wanted Rob Manus, and I was all about Dr. Bill Cassidy. Now, seven years later, but I will say the interesting thing that we all need to remember, even though it was seven years ago and some people can't remember that long view, it's important to remember how we unseated Mary Landrieu. And for those that don't live in Louisiana, they were uh, the Landrieu family owned New Orleans and corruption in Louisiana politics, and it was impossible to get rid of her. But CL, starting on the air at that time, is very influential in our state, and he was able to get the Republican Party to unite. And even you got Rob Manus and Monroe to sit there with the Duck Dynasty people at a huge event and endorse Bill Cassidy. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. It was a, a great thing that uh, came together. And we, Queen Mary. Queen Mary is who she, uh, Michelle is talking about, folks. Mary Landrieu uh, was the queen of Louisiana. And she pretty much ran Washington, too. She really did. And Bill Cassidy, you know, Michelle, we dedicated a lot of time. You remember when Rick Santorum came here? Yes. I was with Bill. Yes, with I Rick. do. With Rick Santorum uh, was here. We all had the Santorum sweaters and all that kind of thing. Uh, and we know. got into the uh, Cassidy debate with Mary Landry, like we were national media people. And I had you out there, like with a microphone, interviewing. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and, uh, and, and we were local media. <laughs> right. Well, we thought they thought we were national. I, I will say two things about it, Dr. Cassidy, but also that was the beginning of the movement where the Republican Party was joining together that created the Trump syndrome. And Donald Trump is the GOP today. And it's it's not a kind of a person. It's any pro-business, small government, pro-America, intelligent point of view about our country and passion. And uh, it's interesting because that excitement and energy that was around that campaign, and we did the unthinkable by getting Bill Cassidy elected is how we won in 16. I know we won in seven in 2020 just now. Yeah. We took all these different house races that we weren't supposed to do. We took over other states for the GOP in 2020. It's that same energy that was there, the excitement about we can govern, we can join together, and when we govern, these are the principles that we will govern by. And let, I think Dr. Cassidy needs a refresher on that, by the way. Yeah. Let, well, let me ask you this then. What then happens to senators and congressmen who go to Washington, D.C.? Oh, we throw our, we throw our weight behind them uh, when uh, we, they're here locally, you know, campaigning and wanting our vote. And then we send them to Washington. Michelle, what, what happened? Because something has happened uh, there in D.C. that is, uh, I don't know, call it seductive, whatever. But these people change. That's not the same Bill Cassidy that was even campaigning with President Trump just a few months ago. I don't mm -hmm. get it. Talk to me about that. 
Well, I, I know that's a couple different things. That's Senator Cassidy, which our listeners know we live in Louisiana. We are appalled at his decisions that he made regarding the impeachment trial and our president and the inconsistency of what he said and did. One day he says it's not constitutional, there's no case, and then a week later he's changed his tune and then says here on local radio. So that's the other thing, in our own hometown, saying on a local radio show right after his little vote that he had to vote his conscience that he's a Christian. Well, we're all Christians, and we don't all agree with his point of view. But I think what happens is what the president was talking about, about the swamp. You know, we have in Louisiana, we have term limits. And we actually owe term limits on the state level to former Senator David um, David Bitter. David Cassidy, yeah, for the Partridge family. Did you know that David Bitter, SEL, when he was a state senator, was the one who instituted um, term limits for Louisiana? As you recall, I was on the Vitter campaign team. I, yeah, I knew David. And you know that you and I would be in Baton Rouge right now if David had been the governor. Oh, I know. Like he, he was incredible. But he saw the need for term limits. And you have Republicans and Democrats alike. They go, oh, no, you can't do that. I've had freshman congressmen say to me, so, you know, a term for a congressman is only two years. And I'm not talking about the current congressman here, so it's don't even think that. But they said to me, if we had term limits, then the staff would run Washington, D.C. And they think that's the reason not to ask for term limits. Because if you're a freshman and you're new, you don't know the ropes and you're already running for re-election. I'm going to say then something's wrong with the system. If it requires that, then maybe we need term limits for the staff as well. You know what, uh, Michelle, that is something that we have talked about uh, as well, because having uh, being going up there often. And I do know that in order to talk to a congressman, you do go through the staffers. There's no question about that. And this is one thing, folks, that Michelle is alluding to that you should know. The staffers basically tell these newly elected uh, legislators that you send to Washington, D.C., the staffers basically tell them, hey, listen, you need to listen to us because we'll be here long after you're gone. So it's a famous statement of theirs. Exactly. Exactly. And so they the, 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 you basically sell out to your staffers in order to have any type of ha- harmony in your office on Capitol Hill. Michelle, you're right. There's something there's wrong so with the system. procedures, and well, you, it isn't like that. So, in other words, we want to sell these baskets of apples for $10. So, for my constituents, and like, no, 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 you don't understand how it's done here. You have to make deals. And so, the price is this, and you really do that, and then you end up with $2. And then they buy into that because they think, well, I don't know any better, and this person knows more than me. Right. This the old boy from Mississippi, even down awesome. there in Louisiana, in the swamps. People. and We need to have more influence over our elected officials than the staff and the lobbyists. Absolutely. And the big money donors. Think about it, Michelle. We send people there to D.C. who come out of the swamps of Louisiana and the bayous of Mississippi and all those kind of places. And they get up there with these, uh, I mean, we talk about city slickers. Girl, let me tell you something. There are city slickers 
in Washington, D.C. that you and I have never even thought about, uh, you know. And, and when you send an old country boy up there with good intention there, and I'm not saying that Dr. Cassidy's not exposed. Yeah, Dr. Cassidy's definitely not a country I'm not boy. Saying, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that Bill has fallen into the same trap as anyone who would be as naive as a country boy from the swamps. He really well, when has. Donald Trump, who was a master of business in New York City, no matter what people think of New York City, to be a master of business there and for 30 and 40 years taking on bureaucrats and Democrats and, and uh, uh, you know people that put obstacles to any kind of business development, are you kidding me? And he kicked their butts? For him to say, for him to be played by these people. But it has to do with, you know, good intentions. People need to take out that movie, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and watch it and watch it. And remember, it is not too late for the citizens, the people who went out and voted. Because soon they're going to take away our right to vote and just decide it on their own. Like, text in what you feel. The control of America is what this is about, and it's coming for our freedom. Not us to be vigilantes with guns in the street. I don't condone that. You know that. I'm a totally a pacifist. But I yeah. don't deny people's rights to defend themselves. I love the police. I think that Dr. Cassidy, now a couple interesting things about him that I always liked is that he was a physician, but he worked in a, a public health hospital in Baton Rouge. And for our listeners that don't understand, Louisiana is one of the poorest states in the nation. And we always say something which is going to offend people. Thank God for Mississippi. Because when we're not last, then there's Mississippi. And so we have real problems oh, in our boy. state that Republicans need to tackle. And when you, and I would, I saw Dr. Cassidy as a very compassionate, honest, truthful man. And there is no logic to why he voted that way. It isn't like a math problem, one plus one equals two. The facts were here. He saw them. He wasn't biased. That's not true. There were no facts to substantiate this Absolutely. All. And you know what, Michelle? This this comes into play yesterday. I mentioned this yesterday uh, on the show. Casty was elected to represent the will of the people, not his own personal principles or views. He is there as a voice for Louisiana. Bill, out of his own mouth, said he didn't vote the way Louisianians wanted him to vote. He voted the way he wanted to vote. That's not that's not why we sent him there. We sent him there to represent the will of his constituents. And that's us. And Bill, I, I have told you before, I'm telling you again. And and, and man, we have we're we're still friends, but I am totally disappointed in what you have done and your constituents and we've shown it through the republican committee uh, are very disappointed in what you have done wish you hadn't done it but you did and so we had to tell you about it so there it is and uh and, and unfortunately you know what michelle this is something that can't be taken back well there's a lot of conversations about it though that need to take place one about the representation Everyone should know that that's what these men and women are there for, is to, as a voice, for all the body collectively. And sadly, even people on our side don't ever like to have conversations. 
I'm not above having a conversation with Bill Cassidy about why did he choose to do that? Oh, I want, that. To I want him on. Bring him on. Bring Bill on the show. Bring Bill on the show. And, and tell him We're this. Tell him this. We are not going to try and crucify him. It won't be, we won't be pitted again. I just want him to explain on the air, coast to coast, border to border, what was in his, what, what I'm not going to even ask it like that. But I am going to ask it like right, that. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? It. Well, he should have said, I'm going to say no because I'm voting no, but my heart says yes because I think he's guilty, but voted no. Or said, my constituents want me to vote no, but I'm going against them because of my own conscience and voting yes. Yeah. But he didn't do that. And that's what he needs. You have to own things when you do them. There has to be a why. And well, definitely, we'll ask him that and understand why he's doing that. But sadly for you and I, we know him personally, but we can also see another agenda. We're not new or naive to the games of political enemies that even are within our own party. If there's nothing, if we learn nothing else about this election day, was that the leftists are not just in the Democrat Party. They leftists reach across the aisles to the Marxist elitist, and I don't mean just with money, because there's very many millionaire Trump supporters. That's a fact. But it's the people who join with the leftists that just want control, that they would trade away the American way of life and constitution just so that they can remain in control of the game. And you know how you know who they are? Look what's happening in D.C. If Bill Cassidy, Dr. Cassidy, gets an appointment by this president, then we've already talked about it on this show to say that's why he did what he did. Yeah. But regardless, we're going to hold him accountable today, tomorrow, the next day. We'll still be friends. Oh yeah. I'm not going to be opposed to be friends. He's a very nice person, but we're not going to be, we won't be played with. What was stolen from us November 3rd was our innocence and our trust. And our trust has been betrayed. And when you have things that happen like transpired with Senator Bill Cassidy of the great state of Louisiana, when you have it, it actually begins to reinforce the betrayal and that we felt on that day. You see, Bill, and you see, Bill, you should know this. I know all doctors usually have these psychology, uh, these psychology classes. It works on the psyche of people when they are betrayed. And, and that's exactly the way the Republican Party of Louisiana feels uh, the constituents that you represent of Louisiana. That's the way we feel. You've got to come on and talk about this. And we'll be a fair forum for you to talk about it. And, hey, there's nothing like a coming to Jesus meeting, Bill. People forgive folks who say, I was wrong. So yeah, think about I it. I agree with you. Well, and sadly, a, a local city councilman decides to come out and say that bill cassidy was right and that he had courage and when you read so it's a, a social media post so that you know that's not always the absolute truth but the ironic thing about that social media post the only people who like it are leftists and i refuse to call them liberals so just so you know <laughs> a liberal is not what you see here 
Yeah, you and I are basically today. liberals. We're, 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 we're liberals. You and I are liberals. More. Yeah, we're liberals. In the, exactly. in the Jeffersonian, the in the Jeffersonian yes. uh, uh, aspect of it, you and I are classic liberals. And yes. uh, but the liberals <laughs> that they uh, talk about, my friends at FreedomWorks, we're liberals. Uh, you know, I mean, the classic liberals that, that you and go to FreedomWorks. Where well, we don't try to harness way. people and try to yeah. tell them what to hold them underwater until yeah. they repent. You it's know, a, yeah, it's in the name. Freedom works. Be you. Be you and uh, be it here in America. Michelle, uh, stay with me through the break if you can. I want to talk to you on the other side of the break of how we may have thrown away a great opportunity. Looks like I want to talk to you also about a a man who may be both of our governor uh, here real soon. He's certainly going to be mine in not too many days. Hence, Ron DeSantis. I'm on with my uh, executive producer, Michelle, and uh, she and I have been doing this now for nearly well, we've been doing it now for seven years, and uh, we have gone from there to here, seeming like in no time flat, but it has been seven years. I'm CL. I'll be back with you after uh, these words. And, uh, hey, folks, if you don't get both hours of the CL Bryant Show, be sure to download free the CL Bryant Show app. Go to our website, theclbryantshow.com, and, of course, uh, go to FreedomWorks. Uh, uh, Facebook page, go to videos and look at all of the videos that we have done and put out. Many of mine are there. Uh, man, we are killing it over there. And uh, some of them are 50, 60, 80,000, 100,000. I even have one for one point some million uh, views there on our FreedomWorks page. Uh, the largest grassroots organization in the nation. We boast six million activists on the ground. Become a part of the movement to build, mobilize, and educate the largest grassroots movement in the country. I'm CL. I'll be right back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on the home stretch of the CL Bryant show here on this uh, wintry wonderland in my hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana. And more of it's on the way. Hey, you know, both of us, uh, Michelle, my producer, and I were scheduled to fly out. I was headed for West Virginia, and I think she was headed for somewhere, and um, somewhere's warm and sunny. And both of our flights out of this town, our town, Shreveport, Louisiana, were canceled. And, of course, um, my flight would have put me where I need to be much too late tomorrow uh, for me to 
take the reschedule. But anyway, uh, it's a winter wonderland and more ice is on the way. Be prepared because power can fail in uh, times like these. Have those flashlights back up things ready so that you can have light. I thank God for gas stoves and fireplaces <laughs> and so i have no worries whatsoever i thank god for that back with me is my um executive producer my strong right arm and she knows that i shouldn't tell her that but uh, she knows that i couldn't do much without her and uh you should tell folks that you appreciate them uh when when you appreciate them and i appreciate her her friendship and her husband mark uh, their friendship uh, to me uh, over these past years so michelle yes, uh andrew cuomo let's before we go to trump and all of that Andrew Cuomo, that's your boy, isn't it? That's, that's your boy, isn't it? <laughs> I have no words. I mean, I he's Italian from New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. And his yeah. dad was a terrible governor of that state. If it, you talk about corruption, you just mentioned it. And then his brother, and yet nobody says anything about it. Is he a narcissist? Is he the classic example of a narcissist? I think his brother, the one who's on TV. Chris, um, yeah. Yeah, Chris. I think Chris is the one who's the narcissist. I mean, he like so he, he has like mirrors in his workout room, to stare at himself and smile. You know what I mean? Well, you got to have like, mirrors in the workout room now. You got to. I know, mirrors. I know, but you know, he's a little different. He actually has mirrors at that fake set he made at home, so he can look at his handsome self on TV. How do I look now? I'm not saying anything worthwhile, but how do I look doing it? Yeah, that's such a classic leftist in America. Oh, my. Yeah. Is that? Well, is- let's hope that. So, see, asking about the governor of New York and what he did and us as a group of people need to bring these facts out and not wait for the national media to do the work for us. We have to relent and relent, kind of like they did with Watergate. I think they forgot how that works, is that there was real corruption and you go after it. Well, we have to do that now. It is not just um, Cuomo, but the other governors that ordered the same thing are all leftist Democrat governors. And they had the same kind of results about the nursing homes and the fatalities. Michelle, you have, uh, pardon me, homeschooled, um, you know, children and pardon me, raised your children, pardon me, folks, raised your children. And um, can you imagine what it would be like for a parent who did does have a child in public school or in private school, but they, they're not homeschooling them, but that child can't go to school? Give us a woman's perspective on that. Perhaps even give us some insight into what a child may may think uh, if, if that were, were you, if that should happen. Do, does America have any clue what type of stress that may have on uh, a single unit family. Talk to us. Well, I think that I'm going to have a different opinion because I did homeschool by choice and I'm not the most well-educated person by any means. It was a blast. I would do it again a hundred times over. Things that I don't understand is that parents don't go to school board meetings, don't serve at the school, but then want to send their kids there all day to let someone else raise them and then complain about their behavior. Actually, I have seen in some of my friends that have children that go to school that are, you know, under 12 years old, I've seen a better attitude in their children since they've been homeschooled by their parents. Now, 
that's a personal opinion. The structure of we pay taxes to pay these teachers and we pay for these schools, and yet we're doing nothing about it and we're still paying the teachers to stay home, something is very wrong with this. Sadly, you only have people on one side or the other. But the conversation is, these are our tax dollars at work. How can you help me with my children? What I don't like is to think that these kids are sitting all day on a computer in virtual classrooms because it doesn't take that long to get this work done. And kids need to be outside. In some of these states, you can't even go outside and do you know recreational activities. It's crazy. It really is. It is absolutely insane. And I was talking about how there is a preparation, it seems, to... Uh, put a state of mind or, or place our children in a state of mind where they are easier uh, it's easier to manipulate them and uh, and then you have what do you mean well there are kids who are going to school who understand who are not as clinically depressed there are kids who are clinically depressed because of what these shutdowns that are going on and in that state of mind it is easier to manipulate the mind so of a clinically depressed individual. And you have people, you have parents who have lost their jobs. Can you imagine what's happening right. to people who had a Keystone Pipeline Keystone job? Pipeline, I know. And all of a sudden I, I you don't either. have a job? My, what's happening to the children of those people? What's okay, happening? Nobody's talking about it. Yeah. There is clinical depression that is actually being uh, set loose. On a society, and I certainly believe that there is purpose behind the repression of work and the repression of free movement. They're trying to shut up people in Florida to repress Uh, our movement. Well, if you go to Europe, we see it all the time. This is the sad thing is a lot of Americans live in a bubble, and the left perpetrates that bubble by controlling the media in every sense movies, this, that, the other thing. It's about our freedom. But clinical depression, I can understand when the dad and or mom, the breadwinners, lose their jobs, that's going to be a huge impact on the family. Kids not going to school because of COVID, when we're paying the teachers anyway, we should get a rebate. Yeah. There's got to be, it isn't all one way. That's what they do in dictatorships. But that's not how it is in America. Intelligent conversations. Well, they'll say, well, you can't do that to the teacher. Well, I'm sorry. I ain't doing nothing to the teacher. I have kids at home. I need those resources here unless the teacher wants to help do something to change this outcome. Yeah. But everybody else just sits around going, no, you owe it to me. Nobody owes anybody anything. Taxes were not even in the Constitution. Yeah. So let's go there. Our, yeah. no, our founding the fathers making- got upset over penny taxes. <laughs> they got upset over that. Think about what they do today. Well, they would blow their fine. mind. They would blow their minds what kind of taxes uh, we are paying. Michelle, uh, you hear Biden and you hear the Democrats talking about the science this, the science that, the science, the science. But the science says that it's okay for kids to go to school. But yet it appears that some school districts will not open again until September of this year and that's because parents are not actively engaged american citizens parents grandparents actively engaged in the process these school districts that choose not to open it's the citizens in the district that tell them what to do if you don't go to a school board meeting and you're not sitting at your talking to your principal every day and the school board members then you are a victim 
Americans were never meant to be victims of the government. The government was supposed to be for and by the people. But when the people don't show up, then they complain that the government has turned into a leftist, you know, controlling entity. We have no one to blame but ourselves. The good news, CL, I know and believe that there are more people around this country that agree with us. Not just the 75 plus million that voted for my president, Donald Trump. But the rest of the people that thought that we were making and exaggerating, they can see with these executive orders, they can see Dr. Fauci was one of their people. Now they don't agree with him. It's insanity. And people are waking up by the Joes. People who have been silent all this time are reaching out all the time. How do I get involved? What can I do? So I'm actually optimistic. This has been a wake up call. And you were talking about Ron DeSantis. And were you making jokes about him running for president? No, hey, you know, Ron and I go way back to when he first ran for uh, Congress there and out of Florida. You know, I introduced him uh, to a crowd of people there. Glenn, we was at a Glenn Beck event where I was speaking uh, and uh, we were as Freedom Works was introducing Ron DeSantis uh, to some people down there. We were throughout through behind him. And so I do believe that uh, the president uh, has had pretty much his fill of um, the presidency. I think he's ready to be a king maker now. And I think Ron DeSantis will probably be uh, the heir apparent that Trump will uh, anoint. Uh, And so uh, that's just me right now. And I think there might be others, many others, actually, that may feel the same way. Because Mm -hmm. the things that we've learned about politics Mm -hmm. is being a president is a job, in case people forget that. That's why Madonna can't just go be president tomorrow. And having executive experience, that's why a businessman is a good president, because they have decision-making experience. You delegate as president and you decision-make. Now, Ron DeSantis, as governor, has been an excellent governor and a decision-maker and had the grit. You know who it reminds me of? Scott Walker from Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he does remind you of Scott Walker, not quite as liberal. He's very uh, – Ron is very uh, is very uh, right. conservative. Conservative. But uh, he's very conservative. But, but you know, Ron was a businessman. So, Ron was a businessman yeah. uh, before he became a congressman. And so uh, – well, even while he was a congressman. And so uh, he has the same attributes. Wasn't he in the military too? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember if Ron has a military background or not. Uh, but I do know this. He would be a very good heir apparent to the president yes, and I'd like to see him come. I'd like to, I'd, since I'll be living in Florida primarily, uh, I'd certainly like to have the governor's president. Oh, I, I agree. Well, I learned the that. President. Um, yeah. Yeah. That'd be yeah as a president, a governor, because they have executive experience yeah. and yeah. And, and the, the cool thing about it is I never feel like he's running for president. Sadly, yeah. there's people in our acquaintance that every time they think of what to wear today, it's because they're thinking of running for president in 2024. You know, people, Rand Paul, I'm going to say, I don't want Rand Paul to be president. But what is interesting to me is going back to reflecting on our seven years together. I never would have thought seven years ago that I would agree with Rand Paul the way that I do now. Yeah. It shocks me. It's amazing uh, how libertarian ideas are beginning to reform themselves uh, now. And, and it's a perfect time for that to 
happen. Well, Michelle, I want to thank you so much for being on with me here today. It is always uh, good talking to you and bringing that perspective. I'm going to give you the last uh, few minutes of this segment to say what's on your mind. Go ahead and rant, woman. Two things. Juan DeSantis was in the military. He uh, was a naval officer, and he was a a JAG in the Navy. So he's everything. He's like, if you were going to draw a person, it's him. And now what's going to happen is we have to clean up our party so that we all adhere to the platform of our party. You know, anybody who says, well, I'm a Republican, but I think like a Democrat, well, then you ain't no Republican. And I'm not a narrow-minded person, CL. But it's time that we all agree on what it means to be a Republican and get with the program. And uh, I think we have a lot of good things to look forward to in the future, and we need to focus on them. If I have 10 seconds to ask you, it's Black History Month. How do you feel about Black History Month? Well, Carter G. Woodson, as you know, uh, the founder of Black History uh, Month, never intended for uh, this to be a national time of remembering and dredging up uh, past pains or anything. He just wanted a day where like St. Patrick's day or Knights of Columbus day or, you know, whatever, you know, we wanted to be like that. And he felt as though black people should fit into the fabric of Americans of America, the same way as any other Americans have done, you know, Yom Kippur, whatever, you know, and, uh, but just celebrate it. But what we have done with black history month, is turned it into a national time for black folks to dredge up the pains of the past, not uh, necessarily to um, uh, embrace the uh, possibilities of the future. And so uh, if we are to have a black history day of a black history day, that'd be fantastic. Like, like I just said, nights of Col- like uh, Columbus day or, or St. Patty's Day or whatever day it is. Uh, That's the way it should be done. And instead of us being mascots of the um, left, the way we have been, and for them to puff out their chest and say, see what this, what we do for, have done for, you know, these little mascots that we have here. Black folks, it's time for us to think differently and be transformed. Let's renew our minds. That's, that's all we should do. Thanks for asking kid. You're welcome. I think people need to hear that. Yeah. I think that that's a perspective. I, I always learn something when I ask you questions because there's conservative black Republicans that don't know the things that you do about it and that insight that you're not mascots, but that the intention of this was not to separate us out in groups, but that you all would blend so that we, and I'm only second generation American, so I, I don't have no white privilege card. So I didn't even <laughs> call me white until lately. You know what I'm saying? I used to be, you know, so whatever. But, uh, <laughs> oh my! Hey, listen. Always good to talk to you. Take care of you. Take care of you. Take care, Mark. Tell the girls and uh, your son. I said hello, John. I said hello, and uh, I will um, I'll be talking to you real soon. I'll talk to you in the morning, if not later. Yes, exactly. Okay, and bye. Uh, if I see you first, I won't see you. Bye. <laughs>